Hello and happy Thanksgiving and welcome to Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you for listening and spending some time here with me in this episode. Um, the time of recording is Thanksgiving and I hope um, regardless of when you're listening to it, you either have had or uh, is going to have a great Thanksgiving. I know it's not the Thanksgiving we're accustomed to in this country where uh, I know for some it's not the Thanksgiving we're accustomed to with, uh, you know, illness going on. So I know a lot of families and people are uh, not doing the the big family gatherings and whatnot. But um, with that said, uh, just again, wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and uh, happy holiday season as we approach into uh, the Christmas season. Depending on who you ask, we were already in the Christmas season or we are about to go in, whichever. So a couple of things I want to talk about today here at this episode of Talking Sports with Evan. Obviously going to talk some Packers, Packers Colts a little bit before I move on to Packers and Bears. Um, talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. The uh, When I recorded my last episode, um, great guest talking about uh, Drew Holiday coming to Milwaukee. And at the time, Bogdan, uh, Bogdan Brogdanovich as well coming to Milwaukee at that time. Unfortunately, the Bogdanovich deal fell through. It didn't work out, and now he is an Atlanta Hawk. And the Bucks had to go to uh, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, and uh, bring in some other uh, other people to uh, shape up the roster. And they, <clears throat> excuse me, they also added a piece today. Also want to talk about why I do believe the Packers are still a Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Believe it or not, even with the loss to the Colts, they're still a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, regardless of how you view them. And on this past Sunday, Survivor Series had a special on The Undertaker, celebrating 30 years of The Undertaker, 30 years of... You know, 30 years ago at Survivor Series is when he made his debut in the WWF. At the time, later WC, uh, WWE came over from the uh, WCW. And I'm going to talk a little bit about The Undertaker and his legacy and, you know, just, you know, kind of my thoughts and opinions on him. Uh, big Undertaker fan growing up. I uh, remember him from his debut, winning his first ever uh uh, WWF title, uh, World Championship, the follow, like, following year after debuting at Survivor Series, at Survivor Series, with some help from the uh, coming in Ric Flair, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. So, with that said, Packers and the Colts. Um, Packers fall in overtime, as we know, 34-31. Packers had a 28-14 lead at halftime, got outscored 11-0 in the third quarter, and 6-3 in the fourth. The three points the Packers scored in the fourth was a game-tying field goal, and then the Colts won in overtime on a field goal after a MVS fumble. And it, it was it was a tough loss. Four turnovers, um, an interception, a fumbled snap, a fumble kickoff, and a fumble in overtime. You're not going to win very many games turning the ball over four times. But in reality, I, I am not 
I'm not losing confidence yet in this Packer team. Other than a few things that could have been better, I think the Packers show that they can hang in there with tough teams. The Colts are a tough physical team, and the Packers hung in there um, on them. The unfortunate thing is that tackling was once again an issue. Some defensive strategies uh, are, to me, issues, and stopping the run was another issue. Um, The first series of the second half, the Colts ran the ball, I think it was eight straight times on Green Bay. And uh, you're not going to win very many games if you can't stop a team from literally running the ball down your throat like that without making some stops. And and once again, a lot of the time it was guys uh, getting too far inside, not protecting the edge, guys playing the wrong gap, guys, uh, you know, just misreading things in the running game. And it's things that I'm surprised have not been fixed yet. You would think coaches watch film. They probably know more about watching film, or they definitely more more know about watch, more than wa- watching film than I do. But the thing that's frustrating with this year's Packer team is I see the same issues again and again and again during these games. Guys picking the wrong gap. Guys not controlling the edge. There is a a, a reverse in one in one uh, series where. The Preston Smith, who's supposed to uh, hold the edge on the backside, and the safety Raven Green, who is kind of playing more of a, a, a middle linebacker, they 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 bite hard on the play fake to the running back, allowing you know expo- uh, exposing the corner and allowing guys to hook them inside, and the receiver has a big gain um, over the over the edge. Um wanna say that was I believe the Michael uh the Michael Harris they ran that reverse with. And again, it's little things build up the big things. And if guys if 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 Preston Smith and Raven Green did their job, the edge is in there and that play likely gets blown up. But for some reason Preston Smith, who has been struggling mightily, the worst uh, rated defender in the in this particular game, by Pro Football Focus. And I know Pro Football Focus is, isn't the end all be all, isn't the gospel, but I do I do appreciate Pro Football Focus in some regards. But definitely, Preston Smith is not playing like he did for a good chunk of last year. He kind of ended the season on a, on a low note. Um, other than Seattle playoff game. And he started the season on a big uh, down note. getting Also getting caught out by uh, by Michael Smith, his position coach as well, in the press conferences this week. Other issues I see on the Packers defense over and over again. There is a touchdown pass to Michael Pittman, who I must add was my one of my favorite receivers, was my favorite receiver in this year's draft. Anyways... They run a crossing pattern with him, and they run more of a post-corner with uh, Zach Piskel. Crossing around Pittman, post-corner with Piskel. Three defensive backs went with uh, Piskel. Three. Leaving a linebacker, um, uh, uh, Christian Kirksey, one-on-one 
with Michael Pittman. And it wasn't the first time they did it in this game either. Three guys, one of those three guys did did something wrong. If not two of those three guys did something wrong. You don't need three guys going at one guy. One of those guys at least should have hung in the middle and been there to cover Pittman, not leaving Pittman one-on-one with a middle linebacker. Later in the game, Packers are playing soft coverage. Of course, what else is new? It's a third and 13. It was, I think, Chandler Sullivan and Kevin King. They both go to the same zone. The receiver cuts in, comes up, comes up field, and then goes in. Sullivan and King both drop into the exact same zone. The receiver catches it and gets enough yards for the first down and moves the sticks. Again, two guys playing, and one of those two did the wrong thing. You don't need two guys defending the same zone. But for some reason, there was. Leaving a receiver open, allowing a receiver to make the catch, allowing the receiver to get the first down. These little things keep showing up each and every week with this Packer defense. Every big play they give up, every every touchdown they give up, every first down they give up, every big running play they give up, all you see is either somebody doing, you know, taking the wrong gap or two guys playing in the same zone or somebody on the field isn't where they're supposed to be and the other team makes them pay for it. You saw it with the loss against the Vikings. You saw it with the loss against Tampa Bay. You saw it in the win against Jacksonville. You saw it in the loss against the Colts. You see it constantly. And the thing, I don't understand why we keep seeing this over and over again. And also, why are the Packers playing off uh, off coverage so much? When they play press coverage, man-to-man, quarterback ratings, I think in the 80s, is a stat I saw from Pro Football Focus yesterday. When they play zone, the passer rating's in the hundreds. <clears throat> Obviously, this team is not a good zone team. So why do we keep force-feeding them to play off soft coverage zone? They don't tackle well as it is. So now you're expecting a team that doesn't tackle well to be able to charge the receiver that catches it and tackle the receiver before he's able to make a play. Something needs to be fixed. And, and that's why... For me, that's why I'm low on Mike Patton. Because as a defensive coordinator, to me, he needs to be more, he needs to be the one working on getting these corrections made. He's the defensive coordinator. He's got to be seeing this on film. So why... Do we keep seeing it on film? Why don't we see it corrected? Why don't we see it fixed? That's what I don't understand with the Packer defense. Again, the defensive line, I believe, is a big wink, a weak a link on this team. <clears throat> Keeksley is still raw, still developing. <clears throat> um, Lancaster is just a body. Dean Laurie hasn't been more than just a body at all this year. And you got Kenny Clark. The defensive line needs to be better. What I hope to see moving forward with the Packers, what I hope to see Green Bay doing in the future, as in this game coming up against Chicago, I hope to see more Rashawn Gary on the field. I hope to see 
more man coverage. I hope to see more attack. We go back to 2018. Was it 18 or 17? Anyways, Mike Pettin's first year in Green Bay. A lot less talent. Yeah, 2018 season. A lot less talent. And the defense was aggressive. They attacked. They pressed at the line. And they tackled halfway decent. And that's why Pettin got asked to stick around for Matt LaFleur's first year. Because the defense played much improved in 2018. And the hope was getting better talent in 2019. The hope and the plan and the thought process was the defense is going to improve under year two of Mike Pettin and better talent. Now, the Packers did force a lot of turnovers last year. They did get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks last year, but they still struggled to stop the run, and they didn't tackle really well. Now, this season, the Packers are not getting pressure on the quarterback, so they're not forcing turnovers. So teams are either driving the length of the field in about uh, 8 to 12 plays, take a lot of time off the clock, or they're able to make big hitters. And the other thing I want to see with Chicago, can we please stop having Preston Smith covering tight ends one-on-one in space? It doesn't work. It it just doesn't. Phillip Rivers set it it up perfectly in this game. Um, I think it was a touchdown to make it uh, 21-14 to Trey Burton. He looks off. Um... Adrian Amos looks him off. Amos shifts to the right of the offense, leaving Burton one-on-one with Preston Smith, and uh, Rivers throws a perfect ball to him. So just little things that I keep seeing week in and week out, and I know a lot of you are all seeing it week in and week out. It's tiring, and it needs to stop. Moving on, Packers playing the Bears. So Packers and Bears, 200th meeting. If the Packers win, they win the the uh, the against the Bears for the 100th time. The Packers are 99 and 95, and I think one or two career against Chicago. And I remember before Brett Favre uh, took over as the Packer quarterback, it looked like it would never Packers would never be able to catch up. It would take many many years. And guess what? The Packers now will be caught up, but they passed them, and now they're on the verge of winning for the 100th time in this series. Packers score 30.8 points per game. Bears are at 19.1 points allowed. Packers 25.8. Bears 20.9. Takeaway differential. The Packers are at 0, 15th in the league. <clears throat> the Bears are negative 3 at 22nd in the league. Passing yards per game. Packers average 277 to the Bears 222. Packers average 115 yards rushing to the Bears 78. The Packers allow 230 through the air to the Bears 225. They allow 113 yards to the Bears 115. DVOA rank is ninth for the Packers, 18th for the Bears, and Pro Football Focus overall grade ranked Packers are fifth. The Bears are 14th. So it's looking like Mitch Trubisky will be the Bears quarterback in this game. Um. He was dealing with a shoulder injury, but it's looking like he will be the starting quarterback for this game. Nick Foles is dealing with a hip injury, and the Bears' offense was bad before Nick Foles took over. They're even worse now. So now it's Mitch Trubisky's turn with Labber, uh, uh, the the new uh, play caller, 
um, calling the plays with Mitch Tabitsky now. And honestly, if I am the the offense coordinator for the Bears, it's simple what I'm doing. I am rolling the pocket often. I am not leaving Mitch Tabitsky in the pocket. The Bears' offensive line is horrible, but and they do have some good guys at the skill position, and Allen Robinson for in particular, Montgomery at running back, Jimmy Graham still a presence out there with his side. He's not as athletic as he used to be, but he's still a presence with his sides. And uh, Cole Komet, um, tight end uh, that they drafted out of Notre Dame, he's uh, he's starting to come on a little bit. And this isn't going to be a, a cakewalk for Green Bay, in my opinion. It will be a dogfight. The Bears' defense is really good, led by Khalil Mack, um, Rokon Smith, Danny Trayton, Robert Quinn, very good linebacker unit. Akeem Hicks, who's questionable, is a outstanding defensive lineman. He is a, a force in that middle. And Blair Hicks and Mario Edwards Jr. are guys that are can uh, pretty much they can they bring it every play. Secondary wise, they're not great. Kyle Fuller is okay. Jalen Johnson is okay. Um, they're likely without Eddie Jackson in this game due to COVID. Um, he's in the COVID protocol. So we'll see. But in the, and the big X factor in this game would be Cordero Patterson. The Bears have only scored 14 points in the third quarter all season long. Seven of it came the last time the Bears played before their bye week on a kick return to open the second half. So the Bears don't score a lot in the third quarter. Packers are out being outscored in the third quarter. So something's got to give. For the Packers to win, I already kind of talked about what I want to see offensively, especially with, with a team led by Mitch Trubisky. He, he, he panics under pressure. He struggles to get off his first read. And if you have to rush his progression because you're getting pressure to him, he's going to make mistakes, fumble the ball, throw interceptions, overthrow guys, underthrow guys. And if you play in the guy's face at the line of scrimmage, press them at the line of scrimmage. Don't let guys get clean looks off the line of scrimmage. And for for the love of God, please cover the middle of the field. If everyone on the Packers defense does their job, the Bears offense will not be able to move the football against the Packers. It's that simple. The offensive line for the Bears is bad. The quarterback position is bad. And it doesn't matter how good your receivers are. It doesn't matter how good your running back is. If your offensive line is bad and your quarterback is bad, you're not going to play very well. So as long as everyone on the Packers' defense does their job, the Packers' defense should shut down the Bears' offense. For the Packers, Something to keep an eye on. MVS is now dealing with an Achilles injury. Um, looked like he might have hurt it in practice today um, or yesterday. So that would be a big thing to keep an eye on. Devontae Adams still dealing with an ankle, but he's pretty much good to go. Corey Lindsley's dealing with a back. He looks like he's going to be good to go. But if he doesn't, the offensive line showed last week with them shuffling guys around with Jenkins playing center and John Runyon playing left guard, they played fine against a pretty good uh, pretty good front. So, But they're going to likely be without Swerve again. 
which is hurts this offense a little bit. But the Packers need to get Aaron Jones more involved. He only played about half the snaps last week. That's unacceptable. He needs to play more. You need to get him more involved. So I hope the Packers get Aaron Jones more involved in this game, in the passing game, in the running game. And the big thing is you got to get Aaron Rodgers' time in, with the likes of Khalil Mack and, uh, and uh, Robert Quinn. Those are guys that can come hard off the edge and uh, can disrupt your offense and kind of handcuff your offense a little bit. Billy Turner on Khalil Mack is going to be uh, very scary to me. Billy Turner started out the year kind of slow, picked it up for a few games, and now since being back on the right side, he's not playing really well again. There's a few plays on Sunday that he rushed Rodgers Reed and Rodgers missed a couple of guys that were more than wide open. So I see the Packers winning. Last week, I didn't think the Packers would win just because, you know, the Colts are a really good team led by a veteran quarterback, led by a physical defense. Well, the Bears are a team offensively that's extremely handicapped. Offensive line bad, passing game bad, and so the Packers should win. I think the Packers blow the Bears out. I think the Packers come out hot. I think the Packers blow the Bears out. I think they score in the 30s once again, and the Bears are going to struggle to get anywhere near 20. I think they're going to struggle, honestly, offensively to get in double digits. So they're going to need a special teams and defensive touchdown in order to try to win this game. So now... Packers lose to the Colts, and and I agree with this. Packers don't look like Super Bowl contenders. But here's the thing. No one in the NFC really looks like Super Bowl contenders. Every team in the NFC has their warts. The New Orleans Saints, without their starting quarterback, um, for several weeks, Taysom Hill did decent in his first career start. But who's to say he's going to continue to do well against Tampa Bay, against the Broncos, against the, uh, sorry, they already played Tampa Bay, against the Broncos, against the Chiefs. Who's to say Taysom Hill is going to continue to play well? He's going to be going up against a tough defense on Sunday in Denver. I know Denver's 4-6, and six, but that's a pretty good defense. The Rams have struggled on offense. They've struggled to, to uh, run the ball. Yes, uh, Jordan Goff had a great game through the air. On Sunday, but they've struggled to run the ball. That can tire out a defense as good as this defense has been. The Eagles, 3-6-1. Carson Wentz does not look good at all this season. And they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Seattle Seahawks' defense is awful. Their running back position is ravaged by injuries. Tampa Bay, they don't have an identity on offense. And they're about to play the Chiefs. They don't have an identity on offense. Defensively, they look good. Offensively, I don't know what Tampa Bay wants to be. I really don't. Arizona, Kyler Murray still looks to be young from time to time, still makes rookie mistakes, still struggles at times to 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 stay on you know stay stay on tempo. Um, and, and then defensively, you can move the ball on them. The Vikings, they Kirk, Kirk Cousins struggles in big games. We already talked about the Bears, um, the Cowboys. They're a mess. The uh, Washington football team, they're a mess. And the reason I bring up the Cowboys in Washington is 
the winner of that game tonight between Cowboys and Washington, the winner of that game is going to be first place in the NFC East. So, but to me, the NFC is wide open. I, all the Packers, to me, have to do, and they haven't yet, I get that, but all the Packers, to me, need to do is play four quarters of football. The Packers can figure out how to play a complete game for 60 minutes. They can beat anybody in the NFC. They've already beaten the Saints, and yes, I know the Saints didn't have Michael Thomas, but the Packers didn't have Devontae Adams either. I think the Packers beat Seattle. I think the Packers can beat Tampa Bay if they meet up again. Packers made a lot of mistakes in that game, too. The one big concern I have with Arizona and Seattle is just the running ability by the quarterbacks could really struggle with Green Bay. So... Don't lose hope, Packer fans. They they are still Super Bowl contenders in my book. They can still win the Super Bowl in my book. Not Well, they can still get to the Super Bowl in my book. And then depending on what happens in the AFC, with the Steelers, Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Titans, Browns, and Raiders right now, the seven playoff teams, depending on what happens in the playoffs, they could honestly win the Super Bowl. It's just going to depend on the matchups and where you're playing people and uh, and whatnot. So don't lose hope yet, fans. Packers are fine. So moving on, and before I move on, I just want to mention that this show is presented to you by Coach Evan Fitness. If you are looking to get healthy during this holiday season and as we go into 2021, let me help you. You can email me, Coach Evan. 66 at gmail.com. I am here to help you. I'm here to work with you. I'm here to push you. I'm here to encourage you to lose the weight that you want to lose and live a healthier lifestyle. I personally use Beach Body on Demand and soon to be Over the Edge for workouts. We're Over the Edge is a new program coming out by Chris Downing, a former Beach Body trainer. And they work and you can do them in the comforts of home. And I know with the, the spike in positive cases around the country for COVID, a lot of people are kind of leery to go to the gym. Well, with Beachbody on demand and over the edge with uh, some equipment, you can do a lot of your stuff at home for just a small cost. So I strongly encourage you all, if you're interested, shoot me an email, coachevan66 at gmail.com. So what a week. What a two-week span it has been for the Milwaukee Bucks. So when I recorded my show last week, the Bucks had traded for uh, Drew Holiday from the from the uh, the Pelicans, and they traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich from the the Kings. Well, the Bogdanovich trade never happened. Um, the NBA got involved, started talking of uh, somebody in the NBA, somebody in the uh, some team in the NBA which I have my guesses on who, probably Miami, um, complained to the league about the deal with the Kings and the Bucks. That's why Bogdanovich is very quick saying that, hey, I never had a deal here. We never talked. I don't know what you're talking about. Because now the Bucks are being investigated for tampering, as is the Kings. So Bogdanovich doesn't come to Milwaukee, and Bucks have to improvise, and I think they did a pretty good job. Yes, you got... Um, Yes, you got um, Drew Holiday, which I think he's a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Um, but the Bucks also traded, uh, signed uh, uh, DJ uh, Augustine 
who is to me uh, not quite the defender George Hill was, but I think he's uh, more of a, a uh, I think he's more of a uh, a better like a more of a better point guard, better running the offense when he needs to. Um, I, I think he does he does that a little bit better than um, I think he does that a little bit better than than George Hill. They also got Bobby Portis, who I think is a big upgrade than Robin Lopez. Um, that's why I'm putting uh, Portis. I'm basically saying that's the replacement for uh, Robin Lopez, who went to Washington. I think he's a better player than Robin Lopez. I think he offers you more defensively. I think he, he's young yet. He's uh, 25, um, young player. They also signed Brian Forbes. They, find Tor they signed Tory Craig, they drafted Sam Murrow, and they drafted Jordan Noah, who will be signing soon enough. And then today, they signed former 8th pick overall, Nick Stockis, a 6'6 shooting guard, to offer some depth off the bench. Now, he uh, internationally didn't uh, light the war out on fire either. He's been a bit of a bust, uh, but... If he, he's a guy, if the Packers can catch, I mean, the, the Bucks can catch lightning in a bottle, he can be uh, some help with this team uh, with the three-point shooting. In 2018 with Cleveland in 24 games, he shot 42% from the three, and he's a career 35% from the three-point line. So the Bucks didn't get Bogdanovich. They're not as great of a starting five per se as I thought they were uh, when I recorded my show last week with Trish, Tristan Thompson or uh, Tristan Thomas um, they're not as deep uh, they're not as good starting wise but I think they're better depth wise this year than they were last year um, I, I think they're um, I think they're a little bit better Brian uh, Forbes can shoot the you-know-what out of the ball in San, San Antonio. Um, he was a guy that could shoot the three pretty well. And Torrey Craig is one hell of a defender. He, uh, he doesn't shoot the ball that great, but he is one hell of a defender. Um, he's physical, he's aggressive, and he, he's another wing that can guard. 6'7", 221. So now the Bucks with uh, Craig and with Bobby Portis, they got some nasty. Something that they lacked at times, especially in the playoffs. So not the Bucks moves we thought they were going to get, but I think pretty decent okay anyways with the Bucks and the personnel that they have now. And I, I'm interested to see how the team meshes together and what they do at the uh, starting shooting guard position. And the, Is it going to be Dante DiVincenzo? Is it going to be uh, one of the guys they signed? Is it going to be who? I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see. Last but not least, and I want to thank you all for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. And I'm going to jump into the world of wrestling here. I am a wrestling fan. I don't watch it as regularly as I used to, but I am a wrestling fan. And The Undertaker celebrated 30 years on on uh, this past Sunday at Survivor Series. He debuted 30 years ago. And to me, that was probably, you know, to me, that's probably number one moment. From Death Valley with Ted DiBiase, Death Valley, The Undertaker, and the very slow walk to the ring, 
very slow, methodical, um, how he did things in the ring. It was different than what you're used to seeing in a wrestler. And he was a character. He was probably Vince McMahon's best character creation ever. And he was able to reinvent himself over and over again um, to, to keep himself relevant during the Attitude Era when things were... Uh, you, you can kind of get away with more and more. Uh, the Ministry of Darkness came about, the Lord of Darkness, and very controversial uh, 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 time with him. And uh, to me, that's still his best entrance music ever. The Ministry of Darkness theme song before it became the corporate ministry, that to me is the is, is his best intro. The American Badass um, that came shortly after that, after you know, before before the American Badass came, he was kind of you know, in his gimmick wise, taking the Big Show under his wing and toughening him up, toughening up the Big Show before an injury forced him out. Then the American Badass came out, and then he went back to the Dead Man, and he his final match at WrestleMania against AJ Styles. It's a combination of the original Undertaker and the American Badass Undertaker and Mark Calloway, a combination of all of the above. But I was a big Undertaker fan um, growing up. I'm still an Undertaker fan. His matches with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, especially the one we ended uh, Shawn Michaels' career, was great. Um, his matches at WrestleMania with Triple H were great. I I I just, you know, I tip my hat to him and he's a guy that is there's no one like him. And if he is in fact retired, if he is in fact finished, which you never know in the world of professional wrestling, there's never gonna be another Undertaker. So with that said, I wanna thank you for listening. I appreciate you spending some time listening to the Talking Sports with Evan. Wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. If you want to email the show, if you have questions or comments, TalkingSportsWithEvan at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter um, at EvanWithSports. You can also find Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook as well. If you go to my Twitter, talk uh, EvanWithSports. Um, if you go into my bio, there is a, it's called Linktree uh, link. You click on that. You can find where you can listen to the show itself. You can go to the Facebook page. You can go to the email or you can go to my fitness page. So check that out as well. With that said, I hope you all had a great, uh, hope you all had a, a great Thanksgiving and I, hope uh, Packers, next time I talk to you, the Packers have a victory over the Chicago Bears. Talk to you all later.